Hey everybody, welcome back to the Keen Lake Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast now with the mention of whiskey in its title. This is Jake coming at you live from Lakeview East, Chicago, Illinois. I'm recording this evening by myself with a heavy heart and doing something a little bit different than we typically do on this podcast. Obviously, we built a relationship with people from all across the whiskey world and bar world and industry when it comes to spirits. And we usually interview those people and have a conversation, more conversation than we do uh, interview them. But tonight, um, it's not going to be so much about whiskey. It's going to be more about loss and um, the personal experiences that myself and my wife have been going through for the last month or so when it comes to a really special individual um, that was on made some appearances on our podcast throughout these uh, last couple of years. And that was my dog, uh, Remy. Um, She was uh, one of the most interesting things that ever happened to me because I never had a dog growing up. And my wife and I got her um, a little over seven years ago from Indianapolis, uh, where my wife is originally from. And I didn't really want a dog. I didn't know what the personal responsibility would take to have a, to own a dog and raise a dog. And then it comes out, it comes to be that we bought or bought, and I hate to say bought, but we got a husky. And they're a very cantankerous breed, a very stubborn breed, a very dramatic breed of dogs. Um, but they're the best goddamn dogs in the world. I, I'll never forget the night we picked her up, and or the morning we picked her up in Indianapolis, and we met the owner at a local Home Depot, and he brought these two little, just beautiful three-month-year-old huskies in there, little pups, and these big blue piercing eyes, and one of them was already spoken for, but the the other little girl was not, and that was our dog, Remy Lou. I remember she had like a little piece of poop stuck in her hair, and she was just staring at us, and my wife picked her up, and she just little ball of fur, and immediately melted right into her arms and felt safe and comfortable and we drove her home that night and then I had a dog I had a husky and I had my very first dog my very first companion in that sense and it was needless to say an amazing seven years it's been overstated enough to to say that 2020 was the worst year ever um, for most Americans people of the world really but speaking specifically for professional and whiskey industries perspective, this year did did start strong. It was last year did start strong. It was a, a long run. <clears throat> it was a long long run and went with whiskey podcast. Um, as I've mentioned numerous times, uh, I'm a brand ambassador for Star Wars whiskey out of Melbourne, Australia. And in the beginning of 2020, we gathered, we sat, and we dined. Really, we danced ignorantly of the lurking mystery looming to usurp our freedom, our community, our biological need to feel touch, to see smiles on the faces of others. It reminded me a lot of what happened preceding Prohibition, where bars were full of drunkards and this whole new collision was heading, well, not new, whole, whole new, but there was a collision between people who drank and people who did not. But you kind of understood where they were coming from. When you think about, we come understand from people who were part of the drive movement. You know, they wanted a better life. I guess a Christian ideal, whatever that means, for America, to stop all the drunkenness that was in the activity that was happening in America. Places like here in Chicago, we get our namesake from what was like pre-prohibition. Keen the Lake is a reference to the old-time saloon when 
you could start open a bar here in the loop of Chicago and it'd be open 24 seven. And the owners always said you could throw the key in the lake cause you'd always be busy. And that drunken activity was harmful to the family unit, harmful to individuals. I'm sure I can't countless people lost their lives because of alcoholism. And even though they came out of 1918, 1919 from the pandemic then, which is so relatable to today. And they had the roaring twenties and, Prohibition was taking place and drinking was probably more popular than ever here in the United States. Spirits, certain whiskeys made their mark here in America during Prohibition. Other whiskeys lost their spots. But the abuse that went on with alcoholism and probably always has, and more specifically relating to pre-Prohibition here in America in the early 1900s, was something I can truly relate to. For me, Grief used to be settled by alcohol. I abused it as a young man in my early 20s. I've talked about this before on the podcast. I nearly took my life because of depression and not knowing how to control it and deal with it. Being a weak individual and thinking that getting a cheap bottle of rum, getting a bottle of Jameson and a bunch of high lives would settle the score between my mind, my heart, the anguish I felt inside of me, and the unpredictable future that I thought didn't need to exist. I wrote an essay in college. Um, it was the first time I ever talked about my my abuse from alcohol because I actually didn't drink in high school. I didn't really drink until I was 21 years old. So the abuse came quick and rapidly. And I talked about how I pounded liquor to the point where I couldn't feel anymore and to the point I didn't want to exist. It was stupid. It was pathetic, but it was real. And I, I'm not embarrassed by how I felt or how I dealt with pain because I eventually found the right outlets, the right people to embrace me, to guide me along the way to becoming a happy individual. But depression is still something I deal with immensely. But I do it, I think, much more, in a much more adult, a much more useful, and a much more, much, much less abusive way when it comes to using alcohol. Because it's something I sell. I do, I, I do realize it is a drug. I do treat it as a drug. It is something that you cannot take for granted because it can make your mind slip and dissipate, and you can become some a completely different individual with this whiskey, with whiskey I'm drinking here right now, right now. But I guess my maturation over the last 15 years now, almost being 35 years old has, uh, has settled in because kind of getting back to my, my, my original point, um, with my dog, who's, uh, been here on the podcast, she was diagnosed with cancer list about a month ago. It was a terminal cancer that we didn't see coming. We literally went from having our dog being this joyful, youthful, stubborn, <laughs> smiling husky running through the park, dancing with us through life. <laughs> to an emaciated dog who 
I had lost her entire personality and her entire self. And some people might just say it's just a dog, but I was one of those people, to be honest with you. One thing I told my wife was, after this whole experience with my dog, is I felt so sorry for people I just kind of didn't know how to relate to when they told me their dog died and they're very sad and unhappy and crushed by it. Because for me, I didn't grow up with animals. I didn't grow up with a dog. I didn't grow up with a companion. But we saw this, the cancer completely transform her into somebody she was not. Somebody who couldn't hold her food down. Someone who couldn't go out, couldn't hold her urine and had to go to the bathroom every two hours without an accident occurring. Someone she wasn't anymore. And she met so many people on this podcast because we recorded a lot of episodes from my apartments, from my homes over the last couple of years when after uh, the pandemic hit and we weren't recording at Beguile anymore, where we originally started the podcast. And then we transitioned uh, to my apartment. We did a lot of Zoom ones and then went, uh, fortunately, to one of the greatest bars that I've ever been to, Fountainhead, to record our podcast for several months before they unfortunately had to shut their doors. And we came back to my home, and in between, intermittently, we would record podcasts there. And so many of the guests, people that I didn't know, people who I did know, people who were great friends, people who were almost strangers, but now I consider friends, got to hang out with my dog because she was always there to greet him. And Wilson, who started the podcast with me, Remy Remy knew he was coming over every time. (laughs) She knew she could sense him, she could smell him, whatever it might be. She was always so excited to see her uncle Wilson. Callum, who records the podcast with us and helps us host it, he was in the DR for a couple months this winter. And the first time he came over to our to our place uh, after he came back, Remy ran from the opposite side of our condo to the front door to greet him with her tail wagon. <laughs> she loves so many of my friends, even Bob from Fountainhead, who's allergic to dogs, would tolerate her because he just loved. He just thought she was great. She thought he thought she was beautiful, what she was, and so nice and just curious. He would come to our place, and you know he wouldn't touch her, but he'd stand almost stiff like a a mannequin, and let her sniff him, let her say hi in her own way. And we've had other dogs on the podcast, you know, Megan from Bitterpots brought on Morley, Jamie's brought her dog Randy on a couple times. But cancer sucks. And it destroyed our little dog really fast. And this Friday, um, two days ago, from when I'm recording right now, on Sunday, May 9th, we had to uh, make one of the most difficult decisions of my life of putting her down. And we lost 
the thing my wife and I love the most. Our pup. Uh, our little girl. And the reason why I wanted to talk about her on this whiskey podcast is because you would hear her in the background barking sometimes at the conversations we had at my house. And I think some people like Matt Brown and Wilson and Callum honestly kind of came over to record podcasts so they could see her sometimes. It was the bond. It was part of the bond we all had together as friends. <laughs> it was a common bond. Her, Remy. And we love her very much. We still love her. We always will. But I think dealing with grief this time came much more apparently different. I didn't want to reach for a whiskey bottle. I didn't want to reach for a glass of wine or a beer from the fridge. I wanted to settle in it and feel. And hold my wife. Kiss her on the head and tell her it's going to be okay. Even though it doesn't feel okay right now, it certainly will. It certainly will be okay in the future. We saw this jovial little creature go from 10 to 1, essentially, hanging on in less than a month. And it's not like I wanted to reach for the booze and drink to the glasses empty and end the night with a, a bottle sitting still and empty from the night before. Sitting there looking me dead in the eye in the morning when I woke up. I wanted to be present for my dog. I wanted to be present for my wife. A lot of that comes from working in this industry for the last few years. I think a lot of people can believe and misinterpret this, have a misconception of the whiskey and spirits world as a party scene. And there's definitely parties and there's definitely great times to happen with it and even some wild times. For me, I try to contain that though. I love going out. I loved going out, I should say. Um, now we're returning that nearly near soon or soonly in the future here near future um but i loved going to cocktail parties i loved getting on a cocktail menu and going to support bars and talking to my friends who are bartenders and drinking and traveling across the world to sell whiskey and to drink whiskey but it also taught me to have respect for the alcohol it's something um even my grandfather who it's a true catalyst of why I work in the whiskey industry. Um, I've said it too many times. I'm sorry to exhaust your ears, but he was an engineer at Jim Beam. I'm actually wearing a Jim Beam jacket right now, drinking some Jim Beam signature craft at the moment to feel connection, to feel closer to family who are all far away in this time of grieving. But him, my other grandfather who passed away a few years ago, who was in... in, in just a, a really interesting guy who survived World War II and by, you know, avoiding bullets right and left over in Belgium and Germany. 
came back and ran the family business for decades. A man who enjoyed his whiskey, but enjoyed his red wine a little bit more than anything else. Being an Italian, an Italian man. Both of my grandfathers taught me how to drink and respect alcohol. One was about having a glass of wine before the night. Or drink dinner, you know. Not before the night. The other was about, this is bourbon. This is how it shaped America. This is why it's important to us as Americans. Not just as a whiskey, but as an industry that formed laws, formed union, formed families to pass it down from generation to generation to continue a legacy of excellence. And as I mentioned earlier, like many young people, you falter thinking that it can be a crutch. Alcohol can ease pain. Alcohol can take away the feeling, solve problems. But it can't. It's not until you respect it that I think you truly understand what this industry has done to America to make it into a really great place. And if you falter and abuse it, you can see the whole different side of America, the struggle that in some ways, some horrific ways, has also shaped this country. And I'm glad I'm on you know, the original side of it now as someone in their 30s dealing with something that's painful and devastating and it feels relatable to the days when I was 21 years old and completely crippled by depression and thinking, you know, the best way to solve it is, like I said, cheap rum, cheap whiskey and an exit through life. But now it's more about sitting in the the fond memories of my dog, celebrating that little girl, knowing that cancer can't hurt her anymore, and knowing that our vet, my wife and I, made the most humane decision for somebody who was losing was losing a, a horrible a horrific battle with a terminal disease and Friday night as her last moments of life were fleeting she rested her head right in my lap and she was scared but then she was at ease And as drops of tears fell from our eyes and ran across our mask and dropped down onto her face, her fur, her beautiful auburn fur, I was maybe as sad as I've ever been in my entire life, but happy she'd be relieved of pain. And when I got home that, you know, we, our vet is just down the street from us here in Chicago and we uh, were obviously very, very sad and crying in each other's arms, my wife and I. 
and we sat in our car and didn't know what to do other than cry. God, it hurt. It really hurt. But we went home and thankfully, which I didn't interpret at the time as being thankful, I had work to do. I had a single barrel tasting with this club out of Kansas City that had on the book for a couple weeks. And I had about 45 minutes until then from the time we got home to the time uh, the tasting began. And I really wanted to email them and ask if we could push it back a little bit. But for certain business reasons, I didn't think it was the appropriate thing to do. And my wife said, you should do it. I think it'll take your mind off of things. And I asked her, are you going to be okay You know, by yourself? She said, yeah, I'll call my parents and we can talk. I said, great. So I wiped the tears from my face, splashed some water on my cheeks, waited for the redness to calm down a little bit, and got on a Zoom call with a bunch of strangers in Kansas City who were going to pick a Star Wars barrel. And we were going to taste through them. I think a lot of people would have canceled. <laughs> I didn't want to go through putting that guilt on those guys saying, hey guys, sorry, my dog passed away tonight and I don't really want to drink whiskey or talk about whiskey or do work for that matter. But the growth and maturity, my growth and maturity that's come from working in this industry and learning and listening to elders and mentors I think prevailed and really shined through in the most positive way on Friday night. I ended up sitting on Zoom with these guys for two hours. I don't know them. I emailed with one of them. The six other gentlemen on the on the call were, were complete strangers. But we tasted through whiskey. We tasted through some really good whiskey and samples. You know, we were sampling things. We weren't indulging in them in these bottles. And it was so great to sit down with people, find that camaraderie that we're all missing in life right now, or had been missing in life over the last year. But as things rope back up, we're searching for that camaraderie and seeing those smiles on the faces of other people, feeling that personal touch that we lost for a year. And even though it was on Zoom, I really felt that camaraderie come through the screen for the one of the very first times, and this is a guy who spends countless hours online doing virtual tastings, talking about whiskey, doing Instagram lives, recording podcasts, whatever it may be. This was something I truly needed that night. I never broached the conversation of what happened to me earlier in the evening by losing my dog, but I just got lost in You know, whiskey, the the special bond it can bring for people. And here we are sipping Australian whiskey. One guy in Chicago, six other guys, seven other guys in Kansas City area talking about their group of whiskey enthusiasts that want to buy a barrel of whiskey from this little distillery in Melbourne, Australia to bring it into their market where they don't even have distribution of our brand.
and giving me the time. And more importantly, than they'll ever know, unless they listen to this, giving me a smile on my face. And one of the most crucial times I ever needed it. So thanks, Tanner, and you guys. The world can be safe when enjoying whiskey and dealing through grief, enjoying any alcohol. It's just about finding the appropriate levels for yourself. And damn, I understand why you need to drink sometimes. I get it. But be safe with it. Don't let it consume you. I certainly have in the past. (laughs) And I thought that might be a way to deal with the loss of my, my dog and my little girl. But it never even crossed my mind. I didn't even want to drink that night. And I really didn't. I mean, other than a couple samples. I even poured myself a glass of whiskey afterwards around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. To sit down on the couch as my wife went to bed. And I was sitting there in my thoughts. And I didn't even touch it. It was still there full. From the finger I poured the next morning. I I wish everybody could could be responsible with drinking and it's one of the struggles that a lot of us deal with a lot of people that come on this podcast is finding that balance between drinking too much, having too much fun, not like abu- not really an abusive way, but more in just not abusing whiskey, but more abusing your body and the lack of sleep that comes from drinking alcohol. And even what it does to other people, because like I said earlier, we're, we are selling a drug. And we're selling experience and everything like that too. And it's the part of this job that I love. But just find a balance with it. For everybody out there. And if you are struggling with it, get help. I know I had to. Talk to a therapist, talk to whoever. Get out there and do it. Because I'm glad I could be clear-minded with my dog passing away this weekend. I'm most importantly present for my wife, but also present within myself, within my thoughts, my memories of my dog running through the park. (laughs) Her favorite thing, going to the park, going to the lake. And today was tough. Today was the toughest time. Today's Sunday, May 9th, and Sundays are ours. The weekends are ours. Every Saturday and Sunday morning, and we do it a lot of times, but Saturdays and Sundays, we always go for a walk to the lake, walk to the park. No matter how cold it is, how much snow is on the ground, we go to the park, go to the lake, and we walk for an hour plus, hour and a half, sometimes two hours. And I just spend time with her, my little girl, and seeing the smile on her face. Always going to the very edge of the lakefront steps and putting her paws in there like she's going to jump into the water and never does. 
except for the one time when she fell in on accident because she can't see very well because she has really she had really bright 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 blue eyes and it would help it would hurt sometimes looking into the sun and one time she just kind of fell off the edge it's only like a four foot drop into the water and of course she's fine just pulled her up but my little husky put so many smiles on my face and so many smiles on my friends faces People would always stop us on the sidewalk at the lunch today and be like, you're such a happy dog. You're such a beautiful dog. It's like, yeah, we do. And I always thought I was going to have a lot more time with her. <laughs> thought we were going to have a lot more years together. Regretfully, we don't. Sadly, we don't. Don't take those, those moments you have with the people you love, the animals you have for granted. Spend time. Tell people you love them. By God, I hope you called your parent, your mom today and said you love her. No matter what's going on in your life. It's one day. It's, I know it's a Hallmark holiday, but at the same time, it can be one day where you can always just call your mom and tell you you love her. And I know without like my mom here, wouldn't wouldn't be able to go through a lot of things in life. I feel like at this point I'm kind of just rambling and it's a half an hour in or so, but thank you for listening. Thanks for the people who've reached out and already and said sorry to hear about your loss. I love my dog. The two guys that record this podcast with me loved her too. I'm glad a lot of friends got to say goodbye to her before she was going on to the next journey in life for her. And I hope wherever she is, she's just jumping through the snow with her tongue hanging out and a wild look on her face. She was a wild girl, but goddamn, was she the best. And if you have any problems with life, reach out to people. Tell the people that you love that you love them and that you love them. Let them know how much you love them. <laughs> I think we'll call it quits there. Thanks for listening. And. This has been a really great way to grieve, but to honor my little pup. I mean, Lou, I love you. Cheers, guys.